There's a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious that you can't take part and you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus and you've got to make it stop and you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Hmm. Good point. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's one reason. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, up in Oregon on KYAQ on the Central Coast, Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans' WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day. For your listening convenience, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me. From bradblog.com, thank you very much for joining us today. And my thanks to our friend Angie Coiro of In Deep Radio for filling in for us on Friday's broadcast. Uh, so Desi Doyen and I could, uh, Desi Doyen and me, I, I think it's uh, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So Desi <laughs> Doyen and I could get a breather. Uh, to catch up on a few things, uh, we will be back with you, I think, every day this week, as far as I know. But Angie's show on Friday, by the way, was great. If you missed it, you can download it for free, uh, as always, at bradblog.com. Though we thank uh, thank you mightily, those of you who have stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help keep us on your public airwaves every day. We couldn't. We wouldn't be here without your help. Uh, so check out her show. She had four, count them, four guests in a single show. So, <laughs> I can barely fit in one guest uh, many days. In any event, uh, friendly reminder on Tuesday, voters are heading to the polls, or they certainly should be for the 2018 midterm primary elections in New York, in Maryland, in Utah, Colorado, and Oklahoma. And to uh, pick nominees in primary runoff elections in Mississippi and in South Carolina. So if you live in any one of those states, what are you waiting for? Get to the polls and find out now if you are properly registered to vote as you think you are. Find out now during the primaries before you run into any surprises uh, this November. 
Speaking of uh, surprises and elections, the stolen U.S. Supreme Court on Monday in another five to four opinion rejected a challenge to racial gerrymandering. Republican racial gerrymandering of Texas's congressional districts and said that it is uh, declining. The court said it is declining for now to wade into a dispute over a North Carolina redistricting scheme that a lower court had found violated the Constitution by overly favoring Republicans, to say the least. Uh, In North Carolina, that was a partisan gerrymander that the uh, state Republican Party admitted was a partisan gerrymander. It resulted in 10 GOP seats to just three Democratic seats in the U.S. House from North Carolina. Despite the fact that North Carolina is a swing state, Obama won there narrowly in uh, 2008. Romney narrowly won in 2012. Trump narrowly won in 2016, but they also now have a Democratic uh, governor for statewide office and a Democratic attorney general. So it's a swing state that Republicans figured out how to game uh, to their advantage and to your uh, disadvantage, particularly if you're a Democratic voter in North Carolina. But frankly, if you're a Democratic supporter anywhere across the country. I'm, you know, taking this swing 50-50 state and turning it into 10 to 3 in the US House in favor of uh in favor of Republicans. Well, that's what they do and the US Supreme Court for now says they can continue to do that. A federal appeals court had ordered the entire US House map in North Carolina to be redrawn after state uh, rep David Lewis, a Republican member of the North Carolina General Assembly, who he drew the map, he admitted to doing so in order to give Republicans an electoral advantage that defied the actual electorate. He actually said out loud, quote, I think electing Republicans is better than electing Democrats. So I drew this map to help foster what I think is better for the country adding, I propose that we draw the maps to give a partisan advantage to 10 Republicans and three Democrats because I do not believe it's possible to draw up a map with 11 Republicans and two Democrats. Yes, he said that out loud. And this stolen U.S. Supreme Court for now has essentially blocked the the lower court ruling, which uh, demanded completely new U.S. House seats drawn up for the uh, for North Carolina in time for the 2018 election to uh, overturn these grotesquely partisan maps. Uh, But now North Carolina doesn't have to. Uh, The North Carolina Republicans will once again enjoy nothing less than a stolen partisan advantage when voters try to vote to put the brakes on the Trump GOP national emergency this November. That comes on the heels of last week's ruling by the high court that both Wisconsin and Maryland, they too could continue to use partisan gerrymandered districts for uh, yet another election, uh, at least for now, which uh, the lower federal courts had found uh, both in that case uh, to be in violation of both the Constitution and the Voting Rights Act. To me, by the way, that all of this news is not an excuse to not vote, to throw up your hands and stay home this year. It's an excuse, it's an argument to make sure as hell to vote this year now more than ever 
and to fight like hell for those votes to be counted, counted accurately as per every voter's intent. Because I got to tell you, if everyone who who stayed home in 2016 actually turned out this year, this long national nightmare that we're going to talk about today would be uh, would be over at least much more quickly, uh, perhaps even resulting in Donald Trump being frog marched out of the White House for good. Anyway, we'll be talking more about those uh, Supreme Court rulings and others as the uh, as the week goes on. Uh, Desi Doyen, uh, we talked a little bit on Thursday, on Thursday's uh, broadcast, uh, about the irony of Melania Trump being unable to visit one of the child detention centers in uh, in Texas. Yes. Thanks to another huge bout of extreme weather in yes, Texas. An extreme rainfall event that caused flooding in and around where the shelter was yep. located because it was in Brownsville, which got hit with this massive storm. So now more irony along those lines today, perhaps a double irony, I guess, uh, in a story that I suspect we'll almost certainly be covering in tomorrow's Green News Report. Uh, this is in Iowa over the weekend with more extreme rainfall up there. All of which, Desi will tell you, is long predicted by climate scientists uh, due to warming uh, in the atmosphere, thanks to our continuing use of dangerous fossil fuels. So uh, up in Iowa, the rain itself, it's sort of like Mother Nature fighting back. Maybe is that Punching a nice way back, to look? Punching maybe? back, yeah. yeah. Uh, you could put it that way. This uh, led to uh, this uh, the rain up in Iowa, extreme rain, extreme flooding, led to the derailment of an oil train. And yes, another massive oil spill with it. According to AP, an estimated 230,000 gallons of crude oil spilled into floodwaters in the northwestern corner of Iowa over the weekend following a train derailment. Uh, The uh, train company BNSF, uh, their spokesperson, Andy Williams, said that 14 of the 32 oil tankers in this train... um, leaked oil into surrounding floodwaters from the swollen Little Rock River. All of those tankers, by the way, derailed. So there could be even many more of them still leaking, as far as we know. And as always, I always warn, be wary of the numbers here early on. 230,000 gallons is a lot to spill into your drinking water, but these spills almost always end up being far larger than officials offer uh, in their in the immediate aftermath. The uh, spokesperson, Williams, uh, said that skimmers and vacuum trucks were being used to remove the oil. Officials still had not determined the cause of the uh, derailment on Friday, but a disaster proclamation issued by Republican Governor Kim Reynolds um, Blames uh, blames the rain-fueled flooding on this derailment. And if you look at the photographs, the tracks are almost completely submerged in floodwaters. Uh, some officials have speculated that those floodwaters may have eroded soil beneath the train track. Well, the nearby Little Rock River rose rapidly after some heavy rains late last week. The train itself was carrying Tar sands oil from Alberta, Canada, down to Oklahoma to be refined and then probably shipped out uh, overseas. The derailment also caused concern downstream from the actual uh, derailment and spill site as far south as Omaha, Nebraska, about 150 miles from the derailment site. The spill reached the Rock River 
which joins the Big Sioux River before merging into the Missouri River at Sioux City. Omaha's water utility the, uh, said it was monitoring pumps that it uses to pull drinking water from the Missouri River. Yes, we now have tar sands oil spilled into our drinking water. Rock Valley, Iowa, just southwest of the derailment, shut off its water wells within hours after the accident. It will drain and clean its wells and use a rural water system until testing shows that its water is safe. Yeah, and so that's another thing to consider about these oil trains and oil pipelines. Because remember, back in 2010, the Kalamazoo River oil spill. That was a pipeline of tar sands oil from Canada that spilled into the Kalamazoo River. It was more than a billion dollars in cleanup. And even though it's eight years later, those tar sands are still not cleaned up from the Kalamazoo River pipeline spill. So oil trains and pipelines, they both spill. The problem is the oil, the tar sands oil and the transportation of oil. And then the second thing about this, it's not just the cost of the cleanup. It's the cost to the municipal water systems. It's the cost to everyone who has a water intake system, a municipal water system on those rivers. They all have to shut down. They all have to do cleanup. They all have to incur economic costs from these oil spills. And the tar sands, uh, we talk about tar sands crude uh, as if it's, you know, just any other oil spill. Tar sands specifically is really hard to clean up. It's like peanut butter. Uh, Toxic peanut tar. butter. <laughs> yeah, tar. tar. It's like tar. And, you know, this yeah. is only going to get worse. Yep. Uh, there's a new report that came out of the National Centers for Atmospheric Research. We're going to be talking more about it tomorrow on the Green News Report. That essentially confirms previous findings that these extreme rainfall events are increasing in the United States and already have since the 1950s. In the Northeast, 71 percent increase in extreme rainfall events since the 1950s alone. So we're going to see more of this and our infrastructure is not ready. No, it is not. Uh, Neither is the country. And we're going to try to open up uh, the lines in a little bit. If I have time here, uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number Uh, to talk about the the folks who uh, you heard uh, Mario Savio at the the top of the show there talking about, uh, you know, there comes a time when we need to throw our bodies on the gears, on the machinery to stop what is going on. I want to talk about uh, what has been going on over the weekend as we saw still more uh, protests against Trump administration officials for their behavior um, and uh, restaurants who refuse to serve the press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Our phone number is 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. And as usual, we've got uh, many folks in the corporate media, the uh, those very, very smart people, as uh, our friend David Roberts likes to call them, uh, you know, at The Washington Post and The New York Times, just wringing their hands. Oh, the incivility. What is going on? These uh, Democrats must stop losing their cool. Um, I'm not so sure that's the case. So I would like your thoughts on that. We'll get to that in in a little bit. But first, in case you're wondering why uh, Democrats, progressives, protesters, hopefully of any political stripe are out there protesting, President Donald Trump on Sunday proposed violating U.S. and international law by deporting, quote, people who invade our country. 
referring to undocumented immigrants and asylum seekers without affording them their due process rights. Uh, Said Trump in this tweet, we cannot allow all these people to invade our country. When somebody comes in, we must immediately, with no judges nor court cases, bring them back from where they came. Our system is a mockery to good immigration policy and law and order. Jeremy McKinney, an immigration attorney and secretary of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, responded to Trump's tweet saying, quote, the right to due process of law is enshrined in the Constitution and extends to every person, that's person, not citizen, but every person in the United States, irrespective of immigration status. So for those on the right who uh, pretend, I'm sorry, who claim that they believe in the U.S. Constitution, that they want to protect the Constitution, it's you folks on the right who ought to be hopping mad about what Donald Trump had to say over the weekend uh, regarding doing away with due process. Catherine Lawson, attorney, says apparently it needs to be said due process is about limiting government abuse Because government power can't be trusted. The whole point of due process is that without it, there's no telling who is going to end up on the wrong side of the government. Jerry McKinney goes on to note that the the Supreme Court for well over a century has expressly recognized a person cannot be deported without due process. It uh, at its core, he says, due process means notice and full and fair opportunity to be heard. He added that we as attorneys and media, uh, he says, I hate that we as attorneys and media have to spend any time on this stupidity. So do I, Mr. McKinney. Uh, I hate it. But apparently we do have to spend that time, and sadly we have to spend uh, time making the case, even to some progressives, it seems, who still make the incredibly lazy assertion that both sides are just as bad, uh, as I ran it about uh, a bit last week, uh, that, that you now, you know, that you now have a president of the United States calling for doing away with due process a bedrock constitutional value in this country. Doing away with all due process, all judges, all courts, all trials concerning immigration. So, you know, how long are you folks on the right going to, you know, defend this president while claiming to support the Constitution? And how long are some of you folks on the left going to continue to pretend that, oh, both sides are the same, both sides are just as bad? As I said, I had a bit of a rant on that point uh, on at least one of our shows last week after someone here at the station uh, tried to tell me, well, Obama separated children from parents, too. No, he didn't. Not like this. Not as not as a specific policy in order to do so, in order uh, to be a deterrent. Never. So that's just flat out lazy and wrong. Uh, to 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 push that nonsense, as someone here at my own station tried to do after I got off the air last week, one of those days. Um, as a matter of fact, after the rant on, uh, well, one of those shows, I think it was last Tuesday's show, you can download it at bradblog.com, a commenter who goes by the name of Bob 
Post a comment to bradblog.com arguing, quote, both sides are not worth voting for. They make reform impossible and revolution inevitable. I uh, responded in part there to say, well, if you'd like to continue Trump's version of reform, you make a great case for staying home and not voting for anyone because that's who will be helped if you decide to stay home this year. Bob said in response, I'd like to see an alternative to voting for Tweedledum and Tweedledee. I suspect that is what the non-voting electorate wants. In the meantime, he says, let it burn. Well, Bob, I'm happy to hear that you have the privilege and standing of not suffering under the horrific and painful policies of this presidency. Good for you. Uh, many of us, I would argue the vast majority of us in this country, your fellow countrymen, do not enjoy that privilege. So uh, you'll pardon if we keep on fighting to hold off the worst of Donald Trump and the uh, GOP's dangerous excesses here to try and limit the pain um, for a number of generations uh, that we will all be suffering under, under this uh, unprecedented reversal of our values as a nation, uh, of our laws. As uh, you folks wait for it, folks like Bob, in any event, uh, wait for a pretend white knight to arrive. We'll keep up the fight while you're uh, sitting this one out. You're welcome. Best of luck to you. Unfortunately, many of us don't have the privilege that you apparently do, Bob. Uh, we can't afford to lose our health care or stomach seeing children ripped away from their parents and tossed into cages for months at a time. Or see our own very, our very own constitutional protections, whether it comes to voting or, frankly, everything else that we now hold dear being ripped away from us for these short term partisan gains and long-term devastation of this nation. But, of course, the propaganda and the disinformation to support that sort of thing, um, you know, that's coming not only from Donald Trump, but from his entire administration and virtually the entire Republican Party, who is now incredibly supporting Trump and his policies uh, during this wildly dangerous moment in American history, this ongoing national emergency. The ACLU responded to Trump's tweet over the weekend to say what President Trump suggested here about doing away with due process is both illegal and unconstitutional. Any official who has sworn an oath to uphold the Constitution and laws should disavow it unequivocally. Uh, Congressman uh, Ruben Gallego, Democrat of Arizona, wrote in response to Trump's tweet, first immigrants don't get due process, then it will be criminals, then it will be the poor, then it will be anyone that disagrees with Donald Trump. U.S. and international law, it must be noted, prohibit the U.S. from turning away or otherwise penalizing asylum seekers the former of which many advocates allege is uh, evident in the now frequent line to asylum seekers at ports of entry that are supposedly at capacity. You heard uh, uh, Kirsten Nielsen, the uh, secretary of the Department of uh, Homeland Security, last week saying, oh, we're not separating uh, children from their parents if they're seeking asylum. They just have to seek asylum at ports of entry, not in between ports of entry. Well, she was lying about that. You'll be shocked to know. But that said, when it comes to those actual ports of entry, 
and people trying to cross and turn themselves over to the U.S. government and and ask for asylum, they're being told they can't come in. TPM reports that a border official protested uh, to one advocate who who had uh, accompanied an asylum seeker to a port of entry. This was actually a Texas Monthly who reported this. Um, the border official said, quote, we are not absolutely saying that they cannot make an asylum claim. We are just saying that we cannot process them at this time. The same report described border agents standing directly on the U.S.-Mexico borderline so as to prevent asylum seekers from completing that last step of stepping onto American soil before declaring asylum. All of which... Uh, this panic, this nonsense, these protests, uh, all of which is predicated uh, by Trump's phony crisis that he created at the border and that he is pretending and describing on Twitter and in rallies as an invasion or worse, an infestation at the southern border where there is no such crisis. Of course, that's just another part of his continuing series of racist lies to turn the nation and even the world against immigrants who are just seeking a better life as they flee poverty, as they flee violence, yes, as they flee likely death in their own home countries. As PolitiFact observed last week, Donald Trump regularly tells Americans that people seeking to enter the U.S. without permission bring crime and violence with them. In a tweet last week, Trump said Germany faces the very same risk. He tweeted, quote, the people of Germany are turning against the leadership as their leadership as migration is rocking the already tenuous Berlin coalition. Crime in Germany is way up. Big mistake made all over Europe in allowing millions of people in who have so strongly and violently changed their culture. PolitiFact says they looked at whether crime in Germany is on the rise. They contacted the White House press office for details. They did not hear back. But from the available information out there, according to the latest government numbers that came out in May, crime in the European Union's largest economy, Germany, is down by almost 10 percent from 2016 to 2017. It's also down compared to 2012. In a uh, press release in May, German Minister for Interior Development and Community uh, Horst Seehofer crowed about those latest figures. He said the number of criminal offenses committed in Germany is the lowest since 1992. This drop in crime is even more apparent in relation to the total population, he said. It's the lowest rate in more than 30 years. These numbers back up what experts have said before. That rising number of immigrants does not translate into a broader increase in crime. In fact, they note that uh, while Trump said that crime in Germany is way up, the opposite is actually true. Crime is down almost 10 percent since just last year. I know you'll be shocked to hear that the president of the United States is similarly lying about immigration facts in our own country, calling on Democrats to act on immigration Despite the fact that Republicans control both houses of Congress and the White House, Trump tweeted over the weekend, quote, Democrats, fix the law. Don't resist. 
We are doing a far better job than Bush and Obama, but we need strength and security at the border, he said. Cannot accept all the people trying to break into our country. Strong borders, no crime, said Trump. Uh, what crime? I hate to continue serving as a fact checker here on this show, but apparently, given the brain-addled Americans who actually believe so much of Trump's nonsense or want to believe it, even though they know it's not true, I guess we had to continue to correct his BS here on the show, whether I like it or not. Immigrants are far less likely to commit crimes in this country than those who are born here. And no, our borders are not being swarmed or invaded or infested as Trump has been pretending, as Trump has been hoping to convince his gullible, gullible followers in advance of this November's election. That's a fact. Even in the Texas border cities that have received so much attention over the past week, even according to the elected officials and people who live in those towns. The mayor of Brownsville, Texas, the border city, uh, where we see one of the largest child detention centers down there. Um, the mayor of Brownsville has, in fact, been dealing with a crisis in recent days, the New York Times reported over the weekend. This week, he declared a state of emergency. Drones filled the skies and emergency vehicles raced down the streets, but none of it had to do anything with illegal immigration. It had to do with, yes, the weather, the climate. A severe thunderstorm caused widespread flooding throughout the Rio Grande Valley in recent days. But the other crisis, the one that President Trump says has been unfolding on the border because of illegal immigration, that is largely a fiction. According to the mayor of Brownsville, Tony Martinez, and according to other residents and leaders in the town, says the Times. Martinez, who has lived in Brownsville since the late 70s, told The Times, quote, there is not a crisis in the city of Brownsville with regards to safety and security. There's no gunfire. Most of the people that are migrating are from Central America. It's not like they're coming over here to try to take anybody's job, he said. They're trying to just save their own lives. We're doing fine, quite frankly, he said. Martinez is a Democrat and in a uh, uh, very right-wing state of Texas, or what used to be a right-wing state of Texas, Trump has raised uh, alarms about the huge number of migrants flowing into Texas. But the uh, evidence included from our own federal data and on the ground in places like Brownsville shows that the immigration crisis that Trump has cited over the past week to justify the separation of families is actually no crisis at all. Uh, and they go through some some of the numbers. They go through comments from the people in the town of Brownsville who say, yeah, we're we're not seeing a problem here at all. The, the Brownsville police chief, Orlando Rodriguez, told The Times there is this misconception that we're in this lawless land and it's this wild, wild frontier. It is not. We actually see a downward trend in crime in Brownsville over the past few years. The numbers are just getting better and better every year. To say that illegals are running around in Brownsville causing problems, we just don't see it, said the chief of police in this border town. 
similar reports uh, from Nogales, Arizona, which uh, borders and uh, shares uh, the same name as a Mexican city. The numbers of violent crimes have plummeted by more than 70 percent. From 1997 through 2016, similar trends can be found in a bunch of other border cities. The overall crime rate in Arizona has also dropped by more than a third from 1993 to 2016. Congressman uh, Philemon uh, Vila of Brownsville, Texas, who represents Brownsville, said everybody was, and I think uh, probably to a large extent still is, going about their way in Brownsville. If you were in the city of Brownsville and you wanted to witness anything related to this whole story of this crisis on the border, he said you'd have to break into one of the Southwest Key facilities to even know that there's anything going on. He said, referring to the nonprofit that runs a migrant children's uh, shelter at a former abandoned Walmart down there in Brownsville. So, uh, yes, I know. Yes, I know. It's tiring. It's tiring for me every damn day uh, having to uh, respond to the misinformation that's out there. But, boy, I'll tell you what, after this weekend... Uh, after the uh, folks on the right were just furious that a restaurant had turned away, Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, asked her politely to leave and paid for her appetizers as a parting gift. Uh, they were just furious that anyone would do that. The very same people who I was in it with all weekend long on Twitter, the very same people, the very same right wingers uh, who are supporting the fact that the Republican Party went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court to uh, support a baker in Colorado who didn't want to sell a cake uh, to a couple of customers uh, for their same-sex marriage. They were fine with that, but ask Sarah Huckabee Sanders to leave. Oh, they are furious. Has all of this gone too far? Does all of this need to go further? We'll take a quick break and we will come back with uh, more on all of this and your phone calls at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. But a bunch of people are now saying welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. I was reminded over the weekend of Mario Savio's famous speech uh, during a, a free speech protest at UC Berkeley in December of 1964. Uh, this uh, speech was widely credited with helping to kick off the free speech movement. 
not just in Berkeley, not just in California, but across the country. In case you're not familiar with uh, the speech, here's a here's a here's a the key clip from it. There's a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. So that was Mario Savio from 1964. Have we once again, or maybe even still, uh, are we at that point now? Uh, this all occurred to me, of course, over the weekend, yet again, after uh, a, a series of protests against those in the machine, the people who run it, the people who own it, as Savio said, and support it, who support this Trump administration, who are carrying out these brutal immigration policies, who are working to undermine virtually every American and constitutional value that we hold dear from immigration to elections, to, you know, being able to do something about this, being able to vote these people out and replace them with others, to gutting our social safety net, our environmental protections, and so much more. Have we now reached the point where it's time to put our bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon all the apparatus to make it stop? Has it gotten so bad that we can't even passively take part anymore? Apparently, more and more Americans do seem to be feeling that way with each and every passing day. Uh, I want to get your calls on this. 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Officials in the Trump administration uh, had a rough weekend, according to Axios, starting with Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She was refused service at a Virginia restaurant. That came after uh, Homeland Security uh, Secretary Kirsten Nielsen was heckled last week at a Mexican restaurant in Washington, D.C. Pam Bondi, the Florida attorney general who has been a huge Trump supporter uh, throughout his tenure as president and even beforehand, she was confronted by hecklers at a movie screening, movie theater. Uh, she supposedly had to be escorted out by law enforcement. Senior White House advisor Stephen Miller said to be behind much of uh, uh, Trump's anti-immigrant nonsense. Uh, he was heckled also at a Mexican restaurant in Washington, according to The New York Post. A patron said, hey, look, guys, whoever thought we'd be in a restaurant with a real life fascist begging for money for new cages? Of course, the Washington Post editorial board was quick to jump in to decry the incivility from these protesters, chastising them for what they see as uh, not a, quote, healthy development in our public discourse. The protesters uh, who interrupted the meals and the movies of those uh, in the uh, Trump administration, quote, will get no argument from us that regarding Mr. Trump's border policies when it comes to coarsening the debate, he is the prime offender. We nonetheless would argue that Ms. Huckabee, Ms. Nielsen, Mr. Miller, too, should be allowed to eat dinner in peace. 
Those who are insisting that we are in a special moment justifying incivility should think for a moment how many Americans might find their own special moment. How hard is it to imagine they write, for example, people who strongly believe that abortion is murder, deciding that judges or other officials who protect abortion rights should not be able to live peaceably with their families. Down the road, the Washington Post editorial board says, lies a world in which only the most zealous sign up for public service. That benefits no one. I've got a few more thoughts on that, uh, but it looks like so do you. So let me get to some of your calls. 818-985-5735. Bill in Los Angeles. Hey, Bill, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hello, how are you doing? Hanging in. Yeah, this uh, this Trump administration is a... uh, Definitely a white supremacist, a white supremacist uh, administration, um, and it's definitely time for class and social struggle to be unleashed. The problem is that the current uh, leadership of the working class is firmly, firmly supporting the Democratic Party, and that, my friend, has been the the reason why we have not had. Uh, class and social struggle being unleashed because the Democratic Party is the party of law and order. The Republican Party is obviously the party of racist reaction. But that is like a one-two punch. I mean, what you're trying to sell us is the party that interned the Japanese, the party of Vietnam and Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You're trying to sell us uh, imperialism and racism light. The Republicans cannot. Who is? Be, who, who's trying? With, who, who's who? Bill. Bill. Short. Bill. Bill, who's trying to sell you that? Uh, that would be you, my broadcaster. <laughs> what, what what's necessary is for class and social struggle to be unleashed. Organizing of the unorganized, organizing of undocumented workers, and so the so in the very real uh, world, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Democratic Party is able to gather, get more concessions out of the workers because it pacifies, it kisses more babies and puts the babies down with a slobbered on face in the same racist world. But you're talking about core values. The core values of this country are rape, pillage and plunder. Yeah. Well, Bill, I would like to change the bill. I would like to let me respond to you, Bill. I know you got a lot of stuff there, but I, I would like to change what you describe as those core values, I'd like to fight to change them rather than making them worse. And we are making them worse at an alarming rate, at a dangerous rate, when you have the president of the United States actually talking about doing away with the core value of due process. You have a Supreme Court, which has been stolen by the Republicans because the Democrats failed to win Somehow, uh, the election enough. in 2016. <laughs> the Black Panther Party get drew, drew, due process? Did Native Americans get due process? Did slaves get due process? No. You're, you're talking no. about a fable. You have a fable. You're preaching, All you're right. preaching patriotism and bull to the, to the people of KPF. All right. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I, didn't, I wouldn't have cut him off. Except for what he said, which will get us in trouble with the FCC. So hopefully we got that turned off in time. Sorry, Bill. I would have loved to continue going on with your point there. But no, you can't say that stuff on the radio. Uh, Anyway, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 
Uh, Congresswoman uh, Maxine Waters, yes, a Democrat from California, she actively encouraged citizens to confront Trump's cabinet members and staff in public during a rally here in Los Angeles. Uh, play a bit of what uh, Maxine, D, you got that ready? A bit of what uh, Maxine Waters had to say. History is not going to be kind to this administration. But we want history to record that we stood up, that we pushed back, that we fought, that we did not consider ourselves victims of this president. Already, you have members of your cabinet uh, that are being booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who sang, no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. They're not welcome anymore, anywhere, said Maxine Waters. Carlos Gutierrez, a former Bush administration secretary of commerce, uh, was uh, downplayed Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, response to being politely asked to leave a restaurant in Virginia over the weekend. This is a former Bush administration official said he's more far more concerned about children seeing, quote, a different America where children are being separated from their families. On the other hand, David Axelrod, the former Obama administration official, said that he was, quote, kind of amazed and appalled by Democrats applauding Sanders being denied service and the heckling uh, that uh, Trump officials in the public uh, are receiving. And uh, David Axelrod, Obama's guy, uh, said that that only gives the administration what it wants, a more divided America. But are these times different? Are these times that uh, we need to throw our bodies on the machine or throw our protest inside the Mexican restaurants? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's go to uh, Steve in L.A. Hey, Steve, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Hey. Uh, enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. I think, you know, people are afraid to go out in the streets and start protesting because... Trump's working towards that so he can d- declare uh, uh, civil unrest and declare martial law and cement his uh, his fascist takeover of the United States or the oligarchs' fascist takeover of this uh, of this country. Uh, I work for a lot of very wealthy people, and they live in a completely different world. Uh, I served in this country. I took an oath to protect this country from all. Uh, enemies, foreign and domestic, and uh, I hope a lot of my veterans are uh, willing to uh, stand up for that. But I also was at the end of the all uh, the, of the draft, and what I saw of the all volunteer army coming in were some of the most backwards people that I've ever seen in this country. So stupid, and the way the military trains us today. You can train them to do anything and follow any order. Mm. Okay, that's all I have to say. Thank you, Steve, Thank you. Uh, for those uh, chilling thoughts, uh, frankly. 818-985-5735. Let me get to uh, one more here, and then we'll take a quick break and come back with more. Karen in 
San Francisco. Hey, Karen, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call because usually when I try to call in, uh, I get asked for a donation. Uh, I'd like to point out that the uh, oil train spill up in Iowa uh, occurred in Congressman Steve King's district. Mm. The irony of that. Yeah, uh, a huge uh, anti-immigration zealot, yeah. Right, uh, he actually refused to meet uh, Emma Gonzalez, one of the uh, Parkland, Florida yeah. activists who wanted to ask him uh, face, face-to-face well, why he criticized her status as a Cuban, mm-hmm. uh, considering uh, Cubans have a uh, different uh, distinction of all these years uh, as, uh, in regards to uh, immigrating into this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he's also yeah, he's he's also the one who talked about uh, uh, children, migrants, uh, hauling uh, tons of marijuana across the desert or some such nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a climate change denier. So yeah, the fact that it happened in his district might be more enjoyable were it not for all of the other people that will actually get poisoned uh, uh, by it as well. Thanks, Karen. I, I do appreciate that call. And uh, by the way, uh, we, we don't ask anyone for a donation when they call in. Uh, Karen must have called in during a uh, during a fun drive when they do ask for a donation. Let's go. To, actually, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with uh, more calls after this. 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. <laughs> The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com/donate. That's bradblog.com/donate. And thanks. Good question. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com taking your calls on uh, these uh, protests against administration officials. Uh, The polite request that Sarah Huckabee Sanders please leave a restaurant by the restaurant's owner up in uh, Virginia. The protest at a Mexican restaurant last week against the uh, uh, secretary of the DHS, Kirsten Nielsen. Uh, is it time for this? Is it uh, going to backfire against Democrats and progressives? Let's go to uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Suzanne in L.A. Hey, Suzanne, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, thank Hi. you so much for having me. Sure. What's up? So um, I wanted to make a comment about um, what you were talking about earlier about um, the Trump administration and how you know, immigrants are being deported back, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's difficult for, I'm 100% Mexican, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm actually, it's really hard for me to talk about it, because as a Mexican, you know, everyone in my family is like, oh, you know, you know, don't go for Trump, and this and that, but, you know, my family came here legally to Mm -hmm. the United States, and they worked so hard, and my grandpa, you know, he... Were you born, Suzanne, uh, Suzanne, were you born in Mexico? 
No, I was born in the United States. I am first generation. Okay, so you you say you're 100% Mexican. I wasn't sure if you were born there. So your your parents came here. They came in illegally. They yeah. uh, saw. No, 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 they came here. They came here legally. That's what I said. My yeah, grandpa. Right. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, my grandpa. You know. But anyways, my point is that, you know, I I can't like 100% say to someone, you know, oh, you came here illegally. Let's just find some sort of way to make the people that are already here. Okay, because the way that I look at it is, if you have an empty house, you know, like you have a a, more, a house that's up for sale, mm-hmm. okay, and let's just call that the United States. If you have a house that's for sale, and someone comes in, you know, squatters, which they do, you know, come in and they just, and, and they're just there. But what about the person that worked so hard, you know, saved up their money, went through the escrow process, and is now given the keys to this house? But then you walk in and it's like there's already people living here. Well, no, I would I would reject Suzanne. Let me reject your premise. And I don't want to cut you short, except that we have a lot of people who want to get in. Uh, But I'm going to reject your premise uh, first, because if nothing else, we are talking about tens of thousands of people who are who have, in fact, come here legally, who are, in fact, are seeking asylum. And who are being uh, torn away, who are having their children uh, taken, uh, torn away from them, who are now being told by the president of the United States they should have no day in court, they should have no due process whatsoever. No, I think that we should so, keep that. Because yeah. Only because that because what happens is is that every person is different. Like I work right, in school and so and we you know you can't person. tell Suzanne, you can't tell me only because I got about ten other people I want to try to get to, and I've got only a few minutes left. But I oh, do, sure, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, sure. I I do appreciate your thoughts uh, on this. Uh, uh, and 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 where you're coming from? I think a lot of people are wrestling with that, and I do appreciate it. Let me go to Mike in LA. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, Brad, you're a fine fellow. Says me too. Thank you. Uh, tomorrow morning, eight o'clock, Los Angeles City Hall. There'll be a bunch of us getting together to protest the visit of Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, and my placard will have a background of the Beauregard flag, the Confederate battle flag, and the wording over it says torture. Scripture, the law, and kids. Mm. It's an old tradition. All right. Very good. Find out where he's eating and uh, make sure he sees that uh, sign when he does. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate your thoughts uh, and turning out for uh, for protest. Marcy in L.A. Hey, Marcy, welcome to the broadcast. Hi. Just really quickly, I want to say there's a difference between ostracizing, rejected, or shamed based on who you are which you cannot help if you have brown skin, mm-hmm. as opposed to what you do. And what they're doing, the Trump administration is doing hate, and they're creating hate. And so to be shamed for what you do is appropriate. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Marcy. I appreciate that thought very much. Uh, yeah, these are some distinctions that uh, some folks seem to have trouble understanding. You know, the very same people who are furious that... The uh, waitress politely asked uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, not the waitress, the owner of the restaurant who politely asked Sarah Huckabee Sanders to leave and, uh, in fact, paid for uh, her appetizers and so forth. Um, You know, those people who were furious about that were the same ones supporting the bigoted baker who wouldn't sell a cake to uh, a a couple for their same-sex wedding reception. And, you know, I guess there are a lot of people having a trouble figuring out those two distinctions. Let me try to make it easier. Uh, in one case, the right wingers here are supporting a bigot who would not sell a cake. And in the other case, 
you have a uh, restaurant owner who does not want to serve a bigot, or at least a woman who is working uh, for a bigot in uh, the president of the United States. Um, all right, let me get to a couple more here very quickly, if I can. Uh, let me go to uh, Shannon in Huntington Beach. Hey, Shannon, welcome to the broadcast. Very quickly, what's on your mind? Hey, so uh, originally, I wanted to talk about the the immigration policy and how you know each side is quick to call foul. Um, the Republicans are quick to call foul, and the Democrats, you know, claiming you know with broad brush strokes that we're wanting uh, open borders and no security for our country, and the Democrats are quick to call foul about absolutely everything they do, which which I have to agree with as well. And they go about everything seemingly with just brazen and unabashedly illegal and justify all of their actions in the name of some kind of, you know, base that I just can't wrap my head around. But at the same time, I have to give plausibility to the fact that we can't allow illegal things to go unpunished. There's, there, there would be no deterrent otherwise. Well, the, uh, the, first off, uh, once again, we have to remember, first, thousands of people have come here perfectly legally stepping onto American soil and seeking asylum. They do not deserve to have their children ripped away from them. They do not deserve to have their right to due process ripped away from them as well. Uh, 100% agree. And that's what we're talking about. Now, if you'd like to uh, penalize people for coming here and working and actually improving our economy, improving our crime rates and everything else, if you'd like still like to punish them, uh, well, I think sending them home is uh, certainly uh, punishment. Um, what more do you want, Shannon? What more do you want to do? Well, my, my point is not the, is not how well they can contribute to society or whether or not they would be productive or not. My point is if you do something illegal, if we have laws on the books and you knowingly violate them, then at some point in time you have to pay the piper. All yes, the rest of yes, us that's, what we, to, that's what we have do been doing. Illegal, yes, that's what we have well, been doing in this country for years, Shannon. Those people are penalized. They are uh, thrown in jail. They are sent home. Boy, I'd love to continue this conversation, but I have to. But it seems like yeah. it seems like the conversation keeps moving to working to a path to allow the people who have done these illegal actions to just be forgiven for them without having to suffer anything. No, actually, we're talking. If, if you're talking about those folks, if you're talking about those folks, Shannon, and I don't mean to cut you short, but I do have to get out. I got to end the show here. If you're talking about those folks in this path to citizenship, you're talking about those are children who were brought here years ago by their parents through no fault of their own, who know no other country than this U.S. And yes, those people absolutely deserve a path to citizenship in this country. Sorry to cut you short. Sorry I couldn't get to everyone else who had uh, rang in here. We'll be back again tomorrow. Same Brad time, same Brad station, I hope. Until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board op, D'Angelo Jones, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.